behind her, right, or five or six. And we're like, wow, okay, what's, what's going on? And apparently as she was going, their house they were living in was on fire. And they managed to rescue as much as they could. And they were just out on the streets. And I'm from a family, I'm a, from eight. There's eight of us, right, already in the house. And my mom's coming back with a family of five or six people. And she says to my dad, look, obviously, I don't know these guys, but, you know, they're just out on the street. You know, let's make room for them in the house. You know, I'm thinking, well, there's, there's no room. My mom's like, no, there's room for everyone. And, you know, we they ended up staying with us for two to three years. And they became from strangers to family. Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring human beings with one goal in mind, to help you be better than you were yesterday in your heart and in your mind. If this is the first time that you're with us, let me say thank you for taking time out of your day, for pushing play. I hope this next 30 minutes leaves you better in some way. Please do subscribe if you enjoy the content. There's over 117 previous interviews available to listen to. You don't have to go and listen to them all, but just know that they purely exist to help you in some way. Today, episode 118 is with Iroro Agba. Iroro has a heart for leadership. We have a great conversation around leadership, servanthood. We talk about legacy. We talk about uh, growing up in Nigeria, being one of eight. We also talk about his time in the NHS during the pandemic and what it's like to lead teams uh, through difficult times. It's a great conversation. I really hope it inspires something in you, in your heart, in your mind, in your leadership today. Just want to say thank you to our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. And just lastly, before we dive in to episode 118 with Aurora, head over to Facebook, make sure you're part of our We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community, um, where we connect like-hearted, like-minded individuals, and we grow together. We provide a space of the internet that if you spend time with us, we just hope that it leaves you feeling better, uh, in some way. I'd like to be really practical, hopefully be something in this interview and in any of the content that you get from us that if you implement, you absolutely will be better in some way. Let us know what that is. Feel free to contact me, but until then, enjoy the next half an hour. Always love, guys. Iroro, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Good to have you here, my friend. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure. I'm honoured to be on your show. You and I have a, a good heart for leadership, and I'm sure we'll get to that point eventually. But I'd love to know kind of a little bit more about you, a little bit more about your background and your and your story, if you would care to share a bit more about you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm I'm a one of eight uh, from a very big family, uh, the last child actually. So. Um, I was always around people older than me and seeing things being done ahead of me, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in Nigeria, so that's my, my, both my parents are Nigerian. So I uh, lived mm-hmm. the first 15, 16 years in Nigeria and then relocated when my dad passed away. But um, I think 
one of my very first introductions to leadership is just seeing how my parents, you know, handled and managed the home. My dad was into politics and then he ran his own business and he would often, I mean, back then, I don't think I appreciated it as much, but now I definitely do appreciate what he was trying to teach, just not just myself, but my other brothers as well and sisters. Mm. He would take us out to work with him and get us mm. get us to do different jobs, whether it's pay his staff or just help monitor or supervise. So for me, without actually knowing, that was an early introduction to leadership. Mm. And then around the house as well, we had people who would come in and help, whether it's repairs or people who would help clean. But then my parents would get us to do the work with them. And for us, we couldn't understand like, well, mom and dad, you're paying someone to do the job. Why should I have to do it? I thought the whole point of paying someone is yeah. to give me some free time. But um, they would get us to do it. And that, again, was just another great introduction to uh, leading from the front. You know, whether you, you've got people working with you, alongside you or for you, just doing the job or work alongside them. So, mm. yes, for me, that, that was kind of... My early introduction, I'll say, to leadership, being around my brothers, then obviously then working for my working and you know getting jobs and, and trying to figure out things myself. Started to just learn more. And I think the turning point for me was five years ago when I started to I was volunteering volunteering at at the church and I was asked to be the youth director. And for me, I think that really peaked in terms of my interest for leadership because now here I am still, you know, in my opinion, in, inexperienced, but mm-hmm. asked to lead a group of people. And I'm thinking, okay, I've been working beforehand and leading in different capacities, but now these are young people's who lives who are, they're kind of looking to you and expecting you to lead them in a certain way. So I really wanted to learn more and develop because A, I wanted to lead myself well, and two, I wanted to really do right by them. So. And the journey just really kicked off and I started diving into books, uh, podcasts, and just wherever I could find or, you know, material, speak to mm. people, ask questions. So, yeah, and that's how I found you again and just looking for good content and good material to keep learning because I feel I'm still on that journey, you know, and then I came across you. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is, you know, I definitely want to listen to this and I could learn and grow from this. So it's, 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 uh, that's, that's my journey so far. I love that. And um, NHS as well, your career in the NHS? Yeah. Yes. yes. How's so, that, and um, and how's that been over the last 10 months? Oh, wow. It's been, um, it's been interesting. I mean, I know, obviously, we, to, for, for everyone, I, even I'm sure for, for the police, I know with your background, again, with, with, you know, with the police and people in the supermarkets and just everywhere, I think I'm learning to appreciate more just a service everyone's doing but in my particular context as a medical professional working with the teams there and just the sacrifices that you know they're having to make um yeah it's, it's amazing to see i've always valued the nhs you know um and, and what we have here in the uk compared to like say in in america where you have to pay you know by and large for healthcare. even in nigeria as well it's a similar system where you kind of you bet you get the best healthcare if you've got money here it's a bit different. It's a level playing field as as much as possible for everyone. So um, I've always valued that. So I'm, and the staff are amazing. I mean, they're working really hard. So uh, hearts off to to all the guys there. They're doing a harder job than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> I um I really love the word and sense of legacy, and and I get a sense that there's a, a bit of legacy around 
you and your leadership with your your father and also the legacy that you're um, going to leave for your youth directing like what does the word legacy mean to you it's really important i think um for me it's it's really what people get out of it's my my, my i like to think of my life as or the value or my purpose and what i bring to anything is not is it's more than just what i have it's 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 i went through a phase of me very you know selfish self-centered and then growing to a point where I'm now thinking of what what can I contribute? How can I, what can I give back? You know, my my parents would, um, and I think you, you definitely picked up on the fact that a lot of my my training and the foundations really from, from my parents. I was, I'll tell you a quick story, my, my mom, and I think this would really sum up my idea in terms of legacy and, and how I see that, that particular question. My mom one day was on her way to uh, an evening gathering. This is back in Nigeria, still very young. And she, we knew the meeting would start at a certain time and last for half an hour. And she heads off and we knew, okay, well, she probably will be back maybe seven in the evening, 7.30. But then in less than 15 minutes, she was coming back. So we were a bit weird, um, so, well, so surprised because we we're like, hmm, that's a bit weird. What, how come she's coming back so soon? Lo and behold, there's a family behind her right of five or six and we're like wow okay what's what's going on and apparently as she was going their house they were living in was on fire and they managed to rescue as much as they could and they were just out on the streets and i'm from a family i'm a, from eight there's eight of us right already in the house and my mom's coming back with a family of five or six people and she says to my dad, look, obviously, I don't know these guys, but, you know, they're just out on the street. You know, let's make room for them in the house. You know, I'm thinking, well, there's, there's no room. My mom is like, no, there's room for everyone. And, you know, we they ended up staying with us for two to three years. And they became from strangers to family. And the parents went on to get very great jobs. But today you know, the, the boy and the girl, the boys and the girls from that family are like, they're like family to me. So it's, it's, mm. and every time we would reminisce and stuff, we're looking and speaking on just what that was, that moment that my mom did something to strangers and how that changed the trajectory of their life because now they were in a, in a, in a house rent-free they were eating rent, you know, without having to pay. And even they, they, they offered to contribute, my parents said no. So that gave them a platform to be able to save up and then move up, you know, and now being able to help other people. So for me, when I think of legacy, I'm always thinking of how best can I contribute that would go way beyond me, that it would reach people that I couldn't reach. So now these family are reaching people that I don't care, or I don't know, or I've never mm -hmm. seen in a sense. But then what we did in that moment has had an impact. So for me, that's how I think of legacies, not so much what someone would say about me, but the impact mm. my influence on someone would have on people I would never, ever see on me. And that for me is what drives me in how I um, conduct myself or think of leadership or helping or serving people. Because ultimately, I think leadership is service. You know, mm. I'm, I'm called to serve.
I'm, I'm called to equip, I'm called to empower and leverage whatever resources I have to empower other people. And in the process, I get blessed as well. I get replenished. I, I get uh, a, a sense of fulfillment. So it's a win-win for everyone. It's, that's how I see it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. And where do you take your where do you take your inspiration for leadership development? Okay, so um, without getting religious, yeah, go. My yeah, I'm biggest inspiration is really from the Bible. Mm. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's from the Bible. That's my biggest uh, inspiration. I, I think I, I read through the text and uh, and just see different. Um, models of good leadership and very bad leadership so for me that's kind of where I take my my uh the inspiration from but then coming into my current context it's seeing how people do things seeing how you do things seeing how you communicate with people see how you know people around me my my, my directors and and um my family even in my home my children I'm starting to teach my children at an early age about leadership. I've got two boys, an 11 year old and an eight year old, and I'm talking to them about leadership and from a, from a uh, vantage point of serving, you mm. know, don't think one of my boys plays football and mm. he, you know, when he's got captain's armband, you know, shouting out instructions, I'm like, okay, I, I understand what you're doing, but that's, think of it, try to, equip your team and encourage your team to do better don't think now because you've got the captain and you have to you know tell everyone what to do and how to yeah. do everything i mean you've all practiced together so they know what to do just encourage them or remind them so um it's mm. it's, it's from everywhere but de definitely the primary source is the bible for me and then i'm um, just again watching I'm, I'm learning to watch even from bad leadership i've been under some terrible leadership <laughs> and um and for, even from that, I learned. <laughs> like, Always. Wow, I'm like, this well, is, I definitely do not want to do that. <laughs> and, and that's useful. And I think, um, you know, I have many conversations with people that are suffering. There's something that's suffering their heart and their mind and their soul in, in the workplace. And I'm like, nothing's wasted. It's all and it all informs probably your own value set. And, and, and it's a call to the leadership within you. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I think the good book says um, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And it, Absolutely. It, how do you how do you equip the next generation with that heart set and mindset? I think repeat messaging. And it's very important, I think, because um, sometimes I think the young people get uh, they get they get a bad rap, I think, sometimes mm. because you know, there's that stereotype, they're very selfish, they're very, you know, it's all about them and they're just into Instagram and social media yep. and all of that. And on the one hand, that's true that they, you know, but on the other hand, what I've definitely learned from being around so many young adults and, and, and young people is that, and even though I'm not that much older than them, I find that from just how I was brought up and just my culture and we're taught to uh, just listen, and not mm. speak unless we're spoken to, <laughs> um, mm. uh, you know, those sort of things. And, and but even when we feel a certain way, not respond or not really verbalize that. Mm. The younger generation now, I find, are quick to verbalize how they feel. And for me, I think there's value there. 
Uh, one of the challenges, obviously, that um, initially in my early years of leadership, especially working with the young guys, is to think that they were rude or very opinionated when they had little or no experience. But I'm learning to see that as actually there's value in the difference that they bring. I may not necessarily agree with their approach, but the fact that they feel confident to be able to speak up and voice how they feel, I think it's, it's, it's good. If we're gonna build, build a team that will be successful and, and, and achieve great things, then we really need everyone being able to speak up without being afraid mm-hmm. of what the repercussions might be for, for mm-hmm. speaking up, which in my generation, I know we definitely had that uh, uh, mindset. So um, for me, it's um, helping them say, well, look, you can verbalize how you feel, but there is perhaps a manner in which to do that. And just repeat messaging on what leadership is all about. Because I think for even some adults as well, who are not really intentional in the subject area of leadership, they see leadership as a position, a title, mm-hmm. some, something to get to. So for me now is trying to change that narrative and say leadership is is everything. Leadership is from where you are. Leadership is is leading yourself. You know, if you're at college or school, is how you prioritizing your work, how are you getting things done, what do you want out of your life, how are you helping those around you. So leadership is where we, we keep growing and we keep learning leadership. So it's just that repeat message and helping helping them. And I think this applies to adults as well, helping us just see leadership as not a title or position, but function. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a call mm-hmm. to service. It's, it's, it's what we do. So that, mm-hmm. for me, that's how I found it works. And just having this open conversation and helping, helping people see like, look, it's, it's part of our everyday life you know waking up this morning and deciding i'm going to brush my teeth <laughs> and then i'm going to jump on this call with you there's an element of leadership there because i could have known well i'm not just gonna you know wrap up however or not show up or whatever it is mm, so mm. i think it's 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 the decisions that we make on a daily ah that's the that's that's a good way to put it it's it's helping them feel that or realize that it's the it's the everyday decisions mm. that's what the leadership is it's because those everyday moments, those little decisions we think are just little decisions compound to something in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. So that's, that's how at best I think I could help the young people around me see leadership and be more interested in it. Yeah, I love that. I think there's something that you talk about safety to have those conversations. And, and sometimes, you know, where there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear out in the world at the moment, whether that be the media in our communities. And the one thing that fear does is it gets us to focus on self. And I think the one thing that leadership does is it gets us to posture ourselves on others. And how have you found the last sort of 12 months really with that fear? How have you been a light in the darkness? Uh, That is a great question. That is a very great question. I think, yeah, you're right. Fear definitely gets us to go into self-preservation mode. I just, mm-hmm. for me, the past 12 months has really been eye-opening for me. Um, I think um, initially when the pandemic hit, we were all talking about just, you know, the death rates. And and that was significant because every number is a real person at, at the end of it and there's real families hurting. But I think the other side that things people went perhaps we're not seen as much or wasn't getting as much airplay in the media was the impact in terms of mental health 
mm. being again in in the health service and just with my work with the charity we were seeing that firsthand um, just the, the mental health repercussions or implications of, of the lockdown, the first lockdown, the second lockdown, and now we're in lockdown 3.0. So um, I think I went from an initial point of being afraid of getting the virus myself. Mm -hmm. And um, then you get uh, afraid of, okay, you're hearing things in the media in terms of the disproportionate number of Afro-Caribbean people dying to the virus. Mm -hmm. And then you think, oh, okay, you know, could that be me? Could that be my family? And then you get to the point where you either stay at home and not do anything and live in fear and terrified and petrified and all of that and, you know, in despair, or you take another direction and say, well, okay, well, this is it's happening, it's it's real. Mm. How best do I keep myself safe but still mm. be a light to others? Because if I'm feeling this way, I, I believe that my, my faith helps me in my everyday life. So if me being a person of faith, I'm feeling this sort of fear and anxiety, in my mind, I'm thinking, so how about my neighbor who perhaps has no faith or has no hope? How are they feeling? You know, and perhaps they're feeling it better than I am. But in that moment, I don't know. The only way I could find out how they're feeling and whether I could be of help is if I reach out to them. And that mm -hmm. means stepping out of my fear, stepping, thinking, um, not thinking less of myself, but thinking of myself less in that moment. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to, I had to make that conscious decision. My wife and my, my we had to. Um, um, children which all spoke and said well look this is this is a reality you know it is happening and so we need to be mindful however how can we be a light in our community so we decided one day just to go out to the neighborhood and just knock on doors and ask the neighbors how are you doing um mm. do you need us to get you anything you know can we buy you we're going to the shops do you need you know a, a pack of eggs or bread you know so there are a few uh, neighbors who we knew we're elderly so we went to the doors and mm. we're always checking in on them and just asking you know one of our neighbors was uh isolating or shielded sorry was shielded and you know mm. i've always said oh, do you need bread do you need milk and then occasionally they're like yes can you get me milk or can you get me eggs so that was good and it, it was amazing how the fear lifted from looking outward i felt almost it was a sense of freedom like i've been liberated you know i felt like okay, well, actually i could i could do something i could do something in my community outside mm -hmm. of what i was doing at work which you know is important for you know in, in, from a healthcare point of view but just locally and i could reach someone and i could impact someone so i think the best way for me to deal with fear and hopefully this will be beneficial to to, to people listening is to really step out of yourself because when we're afraid we're always looking in and sometimes mm -hmm. just make that be intentional and just and just do it because mm -hmm. i don't think I, fear is handy there's a you know there's a healthy fear so i, I don't want to catch the virus you know you know so that sense of you know me taking precaution and being wise washing my hands wearing a mask it's good, you know, I don't want to break my leg. So guess what I don't do? I'm not going to step out in front of a moving vehicle. That's a healthy sure, fear yeah. to have, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but then the fear that now gets me paralyzed, the sort of fear that means I can't do anything, that's mm. not healthy because mm. it affects everything. It affects the fear that, oh, you know, what's going to happen to my kids then makes me not 
appreciate them how they are now and just you know the fear that oh would my child succeed at this makes me not appreciate the gift he actually has mm-hmm. you know and then it could cause me to compare him with someone else the fear that is you know am I going to be a good enough husband you know compared to someone who could make me not work at my own skills to satisfy my wife and ask okay how, how best can I please you how best can I you know serve you so I think you know so there's always going to be fear but I think it's doing things in spite of it it's mm-hmm. taking that first action or that step saying look I'm afraid yes be wise you know take whatever precautions you we have to but um for me, I think it's it's just stepping out and doing it. That's the only way I know or I've found in my personal experience to be effective, even at work, coming down to you know the pressures at work is of being afraid of are we going to be able to achieve certain things in, in so I moved jobs recently, but um, in my previous employment, we had to achieve a huge, it was a significant project um, in three, four days, we had to install a number of analyzers, change systems. And I remember going into this meeting and the project manager, the head of IT said to me and my team, it's not happening. It's, it's just too big a project, too short a time. It's not happening. And in the labs, we needed these equipments. We needed these systems. And we're thinking, oh God, this is gonna be talking about months now. And I'm like, you know, we, we can do this. I was afraid that oh, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to, and I'm trying to persuade the team to go along with my plan. What if it goes wrong? That's that's me. That's well, Irora said to do it. You know, <laughs> that's 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 what. So I was afraid of that. But then I was thinking, okay, what if it goes right? What would be the impact? How much better would this be for our patients in terms of our turnaround times for the staffing because we now have more capacity and they're not having to work you know, even harder than they currently are, are doing now. And we made a decision. I was able to convince the team and thankfully they backed me up and we went ahead with it and it happened. There were some glitches here and there, but we were able to do it. So again, you, you never know what's on the other side of fear until you actually step in or at least make a, you know, a, a journey towards that. It that reminds side. me of uh, of a, a piece of scripture that says, blessed be more though, uh, Blessed be those who believe without seeing. More blessed be those who believe without seeing. And in that moment, mm. like that act of leadership was just simply believing it was possible. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 believing in the team, I think mm. it's very important. I think this past 12 months has definitely again taught me the value of team. Brian, there is no way um, at work some of the things we're able to achieve, we would have achieved without the team. Absolutely mm. no way absolutely no way yours i think you're as good as your team personally mm-hmm. and 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 that for me is a sign of a great leader because you, you can't buy a team off a shelf you know you can't, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't pick the best of the best and say okay well now this mm-hmm. is you, you have to work with what you have you can't you know go into a place and say well oh, i don't like all of these people so i'm sacking everyone i guess this is exactly what Mourinho's finding out at tottenham isn't he he's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's had the luxuries of, over his career of doing that and Absolutely, absolutely. So, but but I think the sign of a good leader is being able to work with who you have. Yes, sometimes things will need to change. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that and recognize that. But then, building a team that can do because together we can do more. We can we can reach more. We can achieve more. So the team and the things we've been able to achieve, whether uh, you know at, at work professionally mm. or even in my home as a family, 
it would not have been possible without the team. So I think this past 12 months has definitely taught me the value of a team and appreciating the team. Just, you know, mm. saying thank you. You know, uh, uh, thank you for the hard work you did. Thank you for, you, we couldn't have done that without you. We couldn't have done, and that, this was a, it's a principle, again, I see in the Bible, but then I also, particularly, uh, it was highlighted to me more by uh, um, John Maxwell. I was reading mm. one of his books and he was mentioned just how, you know, and I was like, actually, that is so good. And I practiced it out, you know, in front of, you know, the rest of the team or in front of the directors, I would point out people in the team and tell the director, without this person, we couldn't have achieved this. We couldn't have achieved that. And you see the smiles on their faces. Like next day, they're like, you know, what projects is there to do? Everyone's now energized, wanting to do more because yeah. they know you're, you're someone who would point the light back at them. So I think having a team, especially in this season that we're in and as we move forward, you know, for, for, from outside of a professional point of view, mm -hmm. just even relationally, you need a team. We need people who would do life with us and work this journey with us and be able to encourage us and we encourage them. So yes, the 12, past 12 months has definitely told me the value also of, of team. That's amazing, isn't it? Because if you look, you will find, and if you look and you, you look for those opportunities, those good people, those good moments, you find them. And, you know, back in my time at the police, I reflect on a, a moment where I, I was head of department. One of my team leaders came to me and said, I'm so glad I've got this person on my team. They're amazing. I wouldn't be without them. So as soon as the phone hung up, I messaged that teammate specifically. I said, your line manager really values having you as part of your team. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And they're like, who is this guy? But it's so simple. It's so simple. And I just encourage as many people out there. It doesn't mean to say you got to walk around with pom-poms, does it? You know, it's just, if you don't learn to appreciate these things, they disappear. Absolutely. Absolutely. To totally agree with you. And I think sometimes, again, and I can speak from my own experience, and maybe this will resonate with someone, is initially I was afraid to to shine the light on others because I thought doing that would take the emphasis away from me. It would perhaps signify to my my leaders that I wasn't needed and these were the guys and girls who were doing the work. So why why is there a here? And so it was me now changing that mindset and understanding that the more I did that, it was actually a reflection on the fact that I was leading well. And mm -hmm. I remember leaving, leaving my, my last employment I, I mean, I'm an emotional person anyway. I, you know, so <laughs> I'm uh, not, not afraid to admit that. <laughs> but um, Amen. I remember crying on the last on the on the last day um, because my directors came in and, you know, in the lab, the the you know my colleagues were were saying things. And in that moment, you know, you hear things and you're thinking, are they are they referring to me or are they talking about someone else? And they were saying all of these things. And then one of my directors said. She said to me, she said, Iro, you know, don't underestimate what you're hearing because in my decades in healthcare, I've never heard lab staff talk about uh, an individual the way they're recognizing and talking about you or having an appreciation for quality because my specific role is in quality and governance. They haven't, I haven't heard staff talk about, and I'm talking all levels of staff speaking on quality and, and appreciation of quality and governance, the way they are talking about it. So you have in effect changed culture mm. but then I, I started crying because I thought my god I didn't realize I was having that impact but then looking back and just reflecting like you know what did I do right then what can I take on to my new role 
I recognized, I realized definitely one of the biggest things for me was always going to people and appreciating them and saying, well done for what you did. Thank you for doing this and thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing all of that. And um, also, um, you know, if not just on a one-to-one, -one, but then also when there is a crowd. It's one thing doing, you know, things personally, and that's great, but then also doing it in, in a meeting where the directors, where their managers are there, that I think really helped me in value people more and also help them realize that, look, I, I do value you. And it was a learning curve for me, knowing that just because I pointed them, or, or I, 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 I lend my shoulder for someone to climb doesn't mean that I'm not climbing also. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that was a big thing for, for me to learn, definitely. My ethos is about helping people be always better than yesterday. What does that phrase mean to you? That means encouraging people to do the best today, to, to, to learn as much as they can today, to apply what they've learned today. You know, it's um, always better than yesterday it means i recognize that there is a gap in my learning or in my knowledge from yesterday i recognize that i'm not the finished product yesterday i recognize that i've achieved something yesterday but there is more to come i'm not as long as i'm breathing there is more to give there is there's more to learn there's more to experience and that's a humble position to take so for me that phrase really it's about humility if if i if i if i wouldn't humble myself and say well look i, I can learn from yesterday then i think um i'm the best thing since sliced bread and i don't feel the need to learn i don't feel the need to reach out <laughs> i don't feel the need to to listen to your podcast. I don't feel the need to, to hear what others are saying. I think, well, I, I know it all. And um, when we stop learning, I think then we start to die. We start to diminish. I'm not necessarily physical death, but it's just you. There's no more growth. So for me, that's what that means. It's a, it's a position of humility. And that's what that phrase means to me. I love that. Thank you for that reflection. And thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart and mind and your, and your stories. I'm sure there's far more that we, we haven't covered, but I just love it. If you could leave us a final thought from your good self. And first of all, thank you for your time and for having me. Thank you for this conversation. I, I've been blessed by it. And just for all that you're doing, you know, you, uh, this, it, it takes, it takes, it takes a lot to, to do this, the consistency, the intention, the intentionality. So thank you for your service to, to us and to all the other leaders out there who, who are in your community. <clears throat> I think um, in, in, I was reflecting at the start of this year, the lessons I learned from 2020 um, and what I definitely want to carry into 2021. And the big things that really came on my list were, were very, were all relational. So um, first thing was um, really appreciating and, and um, having good relationships, quality relationships, whether at work with my teams, 
at home and with my you know my network and group so um if if i could if i could leave anything with with you know people who are listening is build relationships i think it's really important it's 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 good for for you and and for your progress for your development it's also good for the others as well because you get to pour into them as they pour into you and i and i and i don't I mean the sort of relationships where you can be completely real. Now you can't have that with a hundred people, but maybe it's the two or the three, where you can be very vulnerable and they could tell you, you know, when you've done something wrong, and you could do the same as well because that's how we grow. Don't be scared of criticism in love. When someone tells you something out of love because they want you to grow, that's how I see. Oh, that's how I choose to see it. Now, when someone pulls me aside and say, "Well, you've you've messed up here." They must really love me to have the boldness and confidence to tell me that. So, build good quality relationships. I think it's it's useful, and and we're 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 relate we're relational beings. We're not made made to be alone. And that, again, it's not about marriage or relationship as in a, you know a man and a woman. I'm talking about just a community of people that you can do life with. Life is better on the journey with people. I love that, my friend. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. There we go, episode one one eight with Aurora Agba. I just love the story that he's brought to life of his mum growing up in Nigeria, being a family one of eight, busy house already, and yet without hesitation she decides to take in this other family who in their time of need, the house has burned down. How powerful is that? Without hesitation, go love other people. And um, you just never ask anything in return. She didn't ask for any money, any contribution. She just loved, served, did what she could because she could. She had a choice. We all have a choice. We all have a choice to go out and make the same positive choice and intentions because we can, not because we have to, but because of who we are and our willingness to love and serve and help others so hope that's hope that is inspired something in your heart and your mind go and put that into practice don't leave it too long to help people and i look forward to speaking with you again soon appreciate you always love